Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today on Missionary Talks, I'm talking with Gene Sharp. He is a missionary working in radio ministry. Brother Sharp, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the ministry you're in? Sure. Our ministry is called Independent Baptist Media. It's a local church ministry of our church in Clyde, Ohio, which is on the north, uh, towards the north end of Ohio, the north coast of Ohio, not far from uh, Sandusky, Ohio. But uh, our church is, is called the Harvest Baptist Temple. And our ministry is based out of there, and we've got uh, three missionary families that work together uh, for the uh, cause of worldwide evangelization through media. And uh, our motto is, uh, using technology, we preach theology. And uh, it's our goal and our desire to use uh, whatever's available to us, technologically speaking, to advance the, uh, the purpose of the Great Commission and to uh, allow people to hear. The Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And it's simply a tool that should be in our arsenal as the local church strives to do just that, to strategize, to think about how we can fulfill uh, getting the majority of this world under the sound of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, our ministry is, again, based in Clyde, Ohio, and we've got the, uh, the Sharp family. That's my family, and uh, we've been, been uh, with the ministry since its inception. And then we've got the, the Eric Dameron family, who are on deputation full-time to... Uh, serve with us, and the Cody Stinson family, Cody and Laura Stinson, uh, on deputation as well to serve with Independent Baptist Media. How did you get involved in radio to begin with? Sure. Radio uh, has always been kind of an interest and a passion with me, but it's it's more than radio, too, just so people are, are aware. It's radio, audio, and video, although our primary focus is radio stations for missionaries overseas, but we also do a lot of uh, sound systems and uh, missionary DVDs and, and things like that. Again, any type of technology that, that would be used in the propagation of the Gospels is, is what we're involved with. But radio is definitely far and away where our heart is. And we believe radio is one of the best expenditures of missions money as far as in fulfilling the Great Commission, especially when it's, it's seated and it's rooted in the local church. Um, and uh, that's where our primary focus is. But uh, radio is always um, those type of things. Microphones and recording has always been an interest uh, when I uh, I was a I was a bus kid, came to church on the buses, prayed for my daddy to get saved. I was the youngest of three. Uh, dad got uh, Dad got saved when I was uh, 12 years old. He was 49, and uh, uh, and we didn't have a TV. Uh, right after he got saved, he got he went went all the way and and kind of was a very separated believer. And uh, so I didn't I wasn't an avid reader. And so what do you do? You fulfill your time doing something. You know, so I played outside and worked in our workshop and always went to, on the job sites with Dad. But uh, when I had opportunity to do things, I, I, would, uh, I started tinkering with sound equipment and computers and things like that. And with my parents' permission, I kind of uh, took all of my clothes out of a closet and lined it with carpet and put microphones in there and had a little recording studio. I'd make tapes for people and uh, play music uh, and then comment on the music like I was a DJ and then hand out the tapes and everybody would request tapes and, and things like that. But it was just a hobby and uh, that was an interest of mine as a junior in high school was uh, attending our church's uh, Christian school, attending our church's missions conference that year and uh, the Lord called me to missions. And so I prepared at Bible college for missions. Uh, was called to no doubt do that, and, but I didn't know where. It wasn't a geographic-oriented call, and that was bizarre to me, but I went ahead and prepared anyways, got my degree, got my training, took my missions trips, uh, that type of thing at Bible College, and um, came up on graduation, 
and called my preacher and said, hey, how's it going, preacher? And uh, I'm not sure exactly what I'm supposed to do here. Coming up on Bible college graduation, um, am, I, uh, am I supposed to go on deputation not knowing where I'm going? Uh, I'll, I'll be willing to do that, but that sounds bizarre, and I don't think a whole lot of people are going to get behind that. He's like, I'm glad you called. Because our church, uh, a number of years previous, had, had started a small Christian radio station. And he said, our radio manager is resigning, and I want you to come be the radio manager and assistant pastor and youth pastor and, and uh, things like that. And so, uh, of course, first initial reaction to that is recoiling because, I, number one, who wants to go back home after Bible college? And number two, I really, really, really was serious about what the Lord had called me to do, and that was missions. And uh, I just thought that that might be a betrayal of what the Lord had called me to do. Uh, but uh, So I said, probably not, but I'll pray about it. And uh, man, the more I prayed about it the, and got some counsel, the more I knew that that's where we were supposed to go. And uh, I told told my preacher, hey, it's probably going to be on a short-term basis, but we'll definitely come. And we know the Lord wants us to come back there, but we're headed to missions eventually. And so uh, with that in mind, uh, in 1999, I took a survey trip to Papua New Guinea just to see what the lay of the land was, just to uh, visit a friend of mine who was a missionary there. And... Uh, that turned into meeting that missionary and another missionary I was uh, I was told was there. I knew his in-laws just very, very little. But I knew he, his in-laws were great people. So I'm like, man, if the Lord wants us in Papua New Guinea, I need to at least know this guy. He needs to be on my contact list for networking and, and fellowship and things like that. So, But before I could contact him, this was in the early days of the web as far as you know people really using it for much at all. But our church had a website, a skeletal... <laughs> <laughs> website with some some items listed there but it was listed that we had a radio station it was listed that i was the radio manager and uh he calls me out of the blue didn't know who i was just saw that the harvest baptist temple had a radio station and uh said man i i, I, I want to put a radio station in Papua New Guinea." i'm like well i'm going to be there next month and he's like no way and uh so we we hooked up and his name is brad wells and uh he's been a missionary there for several terms and his parents are missionaries there and his siblings are missionaries there as well but um, Brother Wells said, hey, well, why don't you consider coming and helping us? And so that, that was kind of how, how we uh, went from being an assistant pastor, radio station manager, to being involved directly with missions. Um, we went to Papua New Guinea, just uh, had two or three supporting churches, went there and lived there for 11 months and helped install that nation's first Christian radio station, uh, KBBN, the Karaiblom Bible Broadcasting Network. And uh, that's... Uh, still on the air today and they're doing some expansion we were uh we've been back several times obviously since then and uh, just this year we were back and we're going back uh, several times uh in the coming years to do uh, an aggressive expansion project to try and reach the majority of that country's population you mentioned that you're involved in radio media of of different types but said that radio seems to be the best use of of resources why is that, and do you really think people are, are interested in radio when there's so much other media available to them today? Certainly. I think it's a great investment for people stateside to be involved with radio, but you take that and uh, and multiply it uh, many times over when you get to a third world country. They're not inundated with as much media as we are in the United States. And so it kind of harkens back to 25, 30 years ago, the place when radio was really king in the United States before the the, the web, before television had, had gotten uh, as advanced as it is. And so overseas, people have, like any human being, 
uh, and a built-in propensity for curiosity. They want to know what's going on in the greater in the greater sphere of things. They, they, they want to be connected. They want to know what's happening in Israel and Papua New Guinea. <laughs> they want to know in Africa what's going on in Europe and the United States, especially when it comes to soccer or football. Uh, and so people want to know. And so they're going to they're gonna be driven to the place that, that they can access to get that information. And with the advent of the transistorized radio and with uh, the advent of countries like China and India making cheap electronics, radio is it that's how people connect to the outside world in third world countries and so radio listenership is enormous uh worldwide and there's not uh there's there's not a a spot on the globe that is not covered by radio waves no other form of media can say that uh so radio uh is is an incredible um blanket uh around the world covering covering all peoples and so from that standpoint it's a great idea to get involved in that media that form of broadcasting uh but beyond that as well dollar for dollar it's cheap uh, especially if you go with uh, small localized fm radio stations now they're not going to go uh you know and cover a whole nation normally with one fm station but we can take care of that by linking multiple multiple broadcast stations but for the price of a you know a used four-wheel drive suv you can buy a radio station uh that reaches millions of people and so you put it in those terms. I mean, uh, many churches build new auditoriums that seat 400 people. That cost a cheap one would be you know 200 thousand uh, dollars. You know, I could put several radio stations in for that cost. We don't need to not do those things, but just putting it into comparison. Um, you know, the average family's SUV is going to be a radio station as far as that that number of cost. We can wrap our minds around those numbers. And uh, so dollar for dollar, you know, I think it's one of the best expenditures just because uh, it can do so much. And like uh, Brother Zaris with Christian Radio International often points out, it never needs a furlough. It never goes to bed. It never gets sick. Uh, radio is the, is the 24-hour-a-day missionary uh, that stays on the air preaching the gospel relentlessly. And, uh, and so it's a good, it's a good investment from, from that standpoint. You're involved more of the technical, physical side of the radio station. What What is it that you're doing? Uh, for example, you're here in, in Argentina with me now to look at putting in a radio station. What is it, the the physical, technical things that you're trying to accomplish with, with a trip like this? Sure, we try and just get the lay of the land on a trip like this. We're trying to uh, ascertain who we're working with. And uh, we're trying to, we're, I'm always taking mental notes and physical notes as to what challenges are going to be presented to us. What kind of power? Is the power reliable? Um, are there any anomalies in the power sources? Is there a shop nearby that uses welders that the, the current is drawn down um, throughout the day? And so that's going to determine how we treat the power when it comes into the building before it hits our equipment. What, um, what space is available to us? Uh, does the church have a big property or is, is it rural? Is it, uh, is it uh, urban? Uh, what, um, what sound isolation are we going to have to use to try and keep a, a studio environment that's professional and sounding clean? What's the technical level of the people we're dealing with? Um, and uh, how, how much are they going to be able to handle? We don't want to blow them out of the water. Again, we are uh, very much like your ministry. We are initiators. We are there to to help start radio stations and then uh, come alongside and help them maintain and sustain. But primarily, we've got to make sure it is sustainable for the people who are going to be there uh, all day, every day, year after year after year. And so uh, this type of trip gathers those types of facts 
helps us meet with uh, individuals and dignitaries who are going to help make this happen. Uh, again, radio, I liken it to a puzzle. And it's got several pieces to that puzzle before it's completed. And one is the license, one is the equipment, one is the funding for the equipment, one is the missionary, and one, one is the training level of everybody who's involved with that. And so we've got to make sure we get that license is one of the biggest pieces and the most uh, difficult, difficult to attain sometimes. Sometimes we've got missionaries with a burden, with a desire, churches that will get behind it, but there's no license. And we do not put in illegal radio stations. We always come under the umbrella of the powers that be to maintain a good testimony for the sake of the gospel as well. And then when you come back in the future to actually install the radio station, uh, what are you going to do then? That's where the rubber meets the road, and that's where we make uh, everything happen. So, you know, you get to a third world country, people have helped you get there, tickets have been paid for, and now you come to some roadblock like um, many <laughs> third world countries present, no matter how much planning you you do there comes a point where okay we either we either cross this bridge or we or we don't get it done so no matter what we get it done so if it involves knocking out a wall and and uh, making the room bigger or if it involves making cabinetry if it involves uh, whatever it takes to get it done that's where the rubber meets the road uh, and we've done our best to plan and prepare but now it comes down to making it happen and uh, most of the time there's one or two all-nighters involved <laughs> making it happen before the, the return tickets are expired. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of soldering, running of wires, connecting the dots. But that's the thrilling time for me. It, it all That's the culmination of it for me. When I'm soldering those wires together, I am excited about what's happening. What's happening is people's hearts and minds are going to be connected with the life-giving uh, good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that connection is made right there when I when I put the uh, the heat to the solder and those wires are connected. And so that's that's the thrilling time for, for Brother Dameron, Brother Stinson, and myself in Independent Baptist Media. We, we relish that time, and, and everything else is working to get to that point. This trip, it's, it's hard for me not to bring my soldering iron. It's hard for me not to bring my tools because I am looking forward to when I'm in Argentina actually doing that part of it. And that's, that's thrilling for us, and, um, and, then, and then all the good things that follow, the testimonies that follow, the salvations that follow, the Christian growth that follows, the discipleship that follows is all resulting from the, the connection and all of the physical uh, and electronic and technical work that takes place. Will you bring equipment down with you, or do you buy it in the country, or does it just depend on where you're, you're going to install the station? It's normally a hybrid, but 90% of it we try and bring with us. It's, it's equipment that we're, that's time-proven and tested. It's equipment that is uh, always uh, more affordable. Uh, you know, the broadcast industry, of course, in the United States is very well established. So we have sources that treat us right financially as far as giving us good pricing. We Just our ministry alone installs uh, for independent Baptist churches and missionaries about a quarter of a million dollars of equipment every year. So we've got well-established contacts that let us uh, get really good pricing and competitive pricing. So we bring the majority of it with us, and, um, and uh, every once in a while we'll have to... Uh, <laughs> go to a local source but like we went to a radio shack in amman jordan several times but uh, that was definitely the last resort but yeah we try and bring it all with us and um, sometimes we bring it with us at the time of arrival sometimes we air freight it ahead of time sometimes we ship it ahead of time in a container uh, or and sometimes it's it's multiple trips in multiple ways but somehow it gets here 
and somehow the Lord guides us through customs, and uh, that's always a unique situation in every single country, and always a matter of much prayer that we ask all of our supporting churches to pray for as we purchase the equipment. We need to get it through customs and uh, find favor with God and man in that, in that regard. Do you have a story of how radio has impacted people that you'd like to share? Well, uh, Brother Zaris, uh, on a previous interview that you uh, that you were able to put on your podcast, his, he's the he's the story guy that tells a lot of the great stories and uh, tells them so well. I'm not a storyteller, but Liberia has been extremely fruitful. And um, he left out one of the great stories about Liberia, which I was glad for. Uh, one of the testimonies was aired, and and you know they they air tons of preaching on that radio station as well. And uh, of course, 14 years of civil war, not everyone was prosecuted and jailed that was involved in that civil war. So you've got people that have done horrendous things, you know, driving along the streets with everyone else, consciences that are active, living under guilt. And uh, one of those individuals heard the gospel and was gloriously saved and wanted to, wanted to get on and, and apologize. Uh, he said, listen, I, I was saved listening to Liberty Radio, and I was, I was not a good person. And he said, I tried everything in the world, and nothing Nothing took that away from me uh, but Jesus Christ. And now that I know him, I want to make sure people know that what I did wasn't right, and I know it, and I want to move on from here, and Jesus Christ has saved me. And so uh, they very carefully monitored the situation, but they, they allowed him to give his testimony. And that turned into even more people that were involved in the same type of activities. And, and you know, when you're talking civil war, it's one thing. When you're talking civil war for 14 years, there was some brutality that went on there. Uh, but... Uh, Another individual was in the same type of situation. He heard the gospel and got saved as well. And that's just one of many situations that we know about. Radio is one of those iceberg-type ministries. You, you just see the tip, and there's, there's for every phone call, for every testimony that you hear, there, there are uh, many others that are, that are, represent, that are not represented uh, because they, people haven't called in. And I, you can illustrate that by how, how many of you listening have been exposed to or listened to radio, in particular Christian radio. Many of us have. Well, then you turn around and ask the question, how many times have you called in or written a letter? <laughs> and most of us haven't. Most of us haven't really contacted the people that have ministered to us in that capacity, but yet the ministry was done uh, and uh, the gospel was advanced and, and we, we've we grown because of Christian media. And so that's that's an incredible story in, in all the details of it. I didn't want to share all of them, but uh, it was... Uh, it was a, an amazing story of God's grace, and it wouldn't have taken place had there not been a church, had there not been missionaries, had there not been ministries in, in place to make it happen. Do you have a website where people can go and get information about you or your ministry? Certainly. It's independentbaptistmedia.com. It's kind of long in your address bar, but it's independentbaptistmedia.com, and then you can learn about what we do, who we are, our most recent prayer letters, how to contact us. And if you can't remember that, I'll have a link at missionarytalks.com to Brother Sharp's website. Brother Sharp, it's been nice talking to you. As we close, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Yes, I think one thing I'd always like to talk to people about is um, sometimes we're looking for something great that God is going to have this um, uh, very dramatic call in our lives. And, and people need to realize missionaries are just regular people. And many times you see a missionary who's extremely effective 
doing something, you're like, man, I have a high regard for that, and it's amazing how the Lord has used that. But God has called every one of us to use what's in our hand for his glory and his honor. The Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Sometimes I think people interpret that to mean you name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, and he's going to give me whatever I'm desiring. But I, I think there's another take on that verse, and that is he's going to give you what you are desiring. The desires that you have, as long as you're following in God, God's path, and as long as you're delighting yourself in the Lord, he's going to give you what you are desiring. I desired sound, video, technology, and I was following the Lord. I was walking with the Lord as a teenager. I wasn't partaking in a lot of the things that the other people in our youth group were doing. I was visiting the nursing home. I was really trying to follow God's will, and yet this desire out of nowhere came. Nobody else in my family was involved in that type of thing. And I believe that desire to for things technical came from God. And I think young people, there's there's interests and talents and abilities God has already gifted you with. And as you're following the Lord, young and old alike, you've been gifted to do things. Now the question is, what are you doing with those things? How are you using those abilities, those talents, those gifts, those interests, those desires for his glory? And uh, I, I submit to you that many of us, have been gifted for for doing some amazing things for the Lord that nobody else can do, and sometimes we 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 squander them. We use them for what I enjoy doing. What I'm doing, I could I could do it secularly and enjoy it and make money doing it, but that's not what God has for me. And I think sometimes people are gifted, they're educated, and they've got all this laid out before them, and sometimes we maybe are falling short because we think, well, I'm I'm not Bible college trained. I don't have a degree in X Y Z. I don't have a degree in 95 percent of the stuff we do. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. God's given you desires. He's given you abilities. Determine not to squander and waste them and look back from an eternal standpoint with maybe a tinge of regret because you didn't take what God gave you and use it for his glory. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.